0: He has his own podcast. What is the job? Get my shit together. Welcome to the jungle. We've got fun and games. We've got everything you want, and we know your name. We are the people that you find. I don't know exactly what the lyrics are. Welcome to Getting My Act Together podcast. For this Friday, Friday, gotta get down. If there's anything you have to do on Friday, it's you have to remember that it's your stepmom's birthday and that is the person I have not texted today. God damn it. But if there's anything you want to do on Friday, Friday, you gotta, without question, you gotta get down on Friday. That's what you have to do. So I hope you're going to get down Friday, Friday, got to get down on Friday. You're going to listen to this podcast for 30 exhilarating minutes today. That's exactly how long this podcast is going to last. 30 minutes to the millisecond. That's the plan here. Fortifying myself with a steamy brew of homemade coffee. That'd be crazy. Would that be just wild if I was like steaming fortifying myself with a steamy cup of homemade mead. <laughs> or rice wine. Anyway, welcome to Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, April 14, 2023. This is uh coming out 5 p.m. Eastern. Sometimes they come out at noon, sometimes they come out at 5 p.m. Eastern on friday friday if you're getting this late and you're looking for something to do in atlanta next sunday april 23rd here's what i would love for you to do i would love you to go to the laughingskulllounge.com website find the date april 23rd you'll see a show it says what's your problem with joe smith click on the link where it says buy tickets Purchase two incredibly reasonably priced tickets for you and the person that you want to spend Sunday with. Then tell everyone you know on social media and in person that you're going to that show and they should join too because it is the show of the future. If you watch the goddamn clips we put out of this thing and you don't laugh, it's your problem bro. (laughs) We put up one yesterday that we all were in on me, Nick, LeVar and Flo. And it was terrific. So that is, I have shows tonight, I have shows tomorrow, but I'm not even going to talk about those. All I want you to do is tell everybody this is this is it. This is my. This is my shot. Okay, this is my shot right now. I don't want to lose it or lose myself or whatever Eminem did. What I want to do is I want to have this thing go to the moon and I need your help to ensure that that happens. I think it can grow organically with us putting clips on it and word of mouth spreading. But you know, I have an audience listening to this. Tell everyone, you know, in Atlanta, help out your boy. your boy, help out me by sending everyone to getting my act together, <laughs> sending them to What's Your Problem, the Laughing Skull Lounge, Friday, April 23rd at 5 p.m. They'll say, how do you know this? We're like, I listen to this guy's podcast. It's a little bit military history, American hypocrisy, cop hatred, combined with some comedy occasionally, and then, uh, of course, some self-help. However, uh, today, and we're going to rebrand self-help. It's just uh, living better, living better with Lauren so-and-so. I need to make sure that dog Clark did not escape. So give me just one more night. He did not escape. And if you are a long time listener of the podcast, you're probably asking yourself, hey man, didn't you get that fence, that perimeter situation solved at your house? And the answer is no, we did not. That's why we still wonder sometimes if the dog has escaped because we're irresponsible pet owners. Be the person your pet thinks you are. How about you let me just enjoy the one relationship where I can truly be myself? I told you I, I was toying with the idea of sprink, sprinkling in a little more of the... Uh, it's, let's not, what, what are we going to brand it? It's not self-help because it's, that has such a negative connotation with like snake oil salesmen. I'm trying to have real talk with real Americans. <laughs> Speaking of Americans, my listeners in India... An American Indian, not a Native American. I mean, he's a Native American, but of Indian descent, like your type of India, not the misnomer for what we call Indians here. You know what I mean? What I'm talking about is my listeners in Bangalore, Chennai, and everywhere else in India, uh, my Indian friend, and I only have one, no, I have... I have I have lots, bro. I have more than one I have two. my an Indian friend of mine is a better way to say it here in the United States of America wanted me to ask you to fucking write to the podcast to let me know how you found out about the podcast. And frankly, how it is spread like wildfire to represent uh, greater than 1% of the listeners to this podcast. How did that happen? We don't know. But I'm grateful for it. Uh, Anyway, I started at Limerick the other night talking. It's not self help. What are we going to call it? It's self help just to me connotes guys with those uh, are they called lavalier microphones where they come out of your ear and they just go right in front of your mouth and you're you're just you have like frosted tips and you know you're just earnest and full of shit but uh, you know, you're talking to people with very low self-esteem, not low self-esteem, fragile self-esteem, and you're preying on them, and you're telling them what they want to hear, and you believe it, and you're in great fucking shape, and you somehow set up your business to be non-profit, or, or have to pay no taxes, like a religious organization in the United States, and you write books titled Chicken Soup for the Soul. What? <laughs> I don't know. Or uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Are you, are you a, a huckster? Then congratulations, you're winning and you're an American, goddammit. And I know there are hucksters all over the world, <laughs> India. But self-help just brings such a macrame vibe to it that it makes me uncomfortable. So what can we call it, Shy town Save Me? Military history, American hypocrisy, comedy, (laughs) and personal growth, belief. Even those things sound a little squishy. Anyway, I mentioned a couple podcasts ago that I want to start maybe incorporating a little more of that Feel goodery stuff, and 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 we're too hard on ourselves. And you know, people really matter and impact us. You know, uh, you know some of the shit that I talk about on the podcast. where I'm like, you know, fuck those people who don't want you to win. But you know what? Don't be angry at them. Just treat them like my friend Alvin Quay says. Treat them like they're mailboxes in the middle of the sidewalk, and you just have to go around them. Don't give the people who don't want you to win any energy. Okay the people who want you to win. And there are lots of people around you. If you fucking get out of your own way and actually listen to the signals in the environment, you'll see there are plenty of people who want you to win. Those are the people you should focus on. Don't attend to any of the people. Don't even get mad at those people. You don't even have to express empathy like, oh, it's too bad. They're just, you know, unhappy with themselves because they were had this horrific childhood and now they're hating on me. You don't even have to do that. You can just go right around them like their mailboxes on the sidewalk. Don't give them a, whatever the smallest, don't give them a microdose of your emotional capital. Your attention is finite. You have 100%. If you devote 5% to people that are trying to drag you down or don't want to see you win, that's 5% that you could apply somewhere else more usefully. Like going for a run like I did today at lunch. Because I want to live to see my daughter's 30th birthday. So I exercised. I had a smoothie. I'm having a, what am I having? I'm having an Americano esque black coffee home brewed with my fancy machine. If I have to still figure out the branding of, of the self help piece, but um, I, I told you I want to try to work some of that into my act. And the other night I kind of started talking about it at Limerick believe it or not, I have a much more successful host set when I don't tell the crowd to go fuck itself in the first 40 seconds, or talk about Jews, or, uh, you know, the miserable people talking at the bar. Just got up there, and I wasn't even telling jokes, but it's so much easier to get the crowd on your side if you say say nothing that they can disagree with. And I'm not hating on comics who say things that are unimpeachable, because a lot of those comics are so astute and such great observers of the world that, uh, that they're right. But I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like, it's so much easier (laughs) to win a crowd over if you're not saying anything that could be divisive. And I just started talking about self-esteem and being accepted and how I used to when I was a younger man, younger person, younger kid. I was a horrific liar, just a terrible liar. I mean, I was a pretty good liar, to be honest with you. But I was a a relentless, relentless. I lied a lot simply because I didn't think people would accept me as I was. So I would pretend to be something that I wasn't in the hopes that they would uh, like and accept me and have sex with me. And uh, it worked. (laughs) But There's nothing authentic in that. I mean, other than being American liar. That's the name of this new podcast, American liar. So I started talking about a limerick the other night and it was working. It was, it was great. And I'm going to do a show tonight. I'm going to put some of it in because as you hear me discussing my act, (laughs) you've heard the evolution of my act. It was once very self-deprecating and then, it became personal, kind of real, right? Like more, less just self-deprecating for the sake of self-deprecating. Or maybe let's say this is the evolution of my act. Do you care? I don't know. Somebody once told me that, what they say? There's a lot of inherent, intuitive, tacit, tacit knowledge for stand-up comics in this. Here was the evolution of my act. Uh, a, talk about nothing. That's where I started. Talk about nothing of any of any impact or relevancy uh, try to say something ridiculous to get a laugh right there then it became oh you know a really easy way to get a laugh is to self-deprecate and as uh, Hannah Gadsby unpacked in the second half of her 17-hour stand-up comedy special Nanette uh, that self-deprecation comes from a place at times of self-hatred and she made a good point in what was otherwise an unfunny yet vitally important stand-up comedy special important to me no but uh respect do i occasionally look like her when i let myself go or sorry does she look like me when she lets herself go yeah a little bit shout out to hannah Gatsby and her journey but self-deprecation is 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 like a cheat i realize it's in every comic probably knows, it's easy to get laughs if you're the first person to laugh at yourself. It disarms the crowd and um, signals to them, all right, here's this person that we can kick around. Uh, I then realized that that's what that was. It was um, not in my estimation, and I'm just now not trying to be self-righteous, talking about my my own self and act. It was not a, a fair fight. It was not me saying what I thought believed even if it was self-deferential, defer- deprecating. Um, you know, here's what I think, motherfuckers, and I'm going to make it funny and you're going to laugh. Self-deprecation is like, <laughs> aren't I sad and worthy of your laughter? Is kind of what it was. I realized that. So then I kind of evolved into talking more about um, the things that I'm interested in. Inequality, race, politics, uh, You know, uh, Americans fighting each other. And be trying to be the most American, and that's when my act really kind of hit a groove. I think it really hit a groove because I was trying I was saying I was more ambitious than what I was trying to say, and as I got better as a stand up comic, it had greater impact, and I knew how to do it, and the room got louder and louder as I did it and I think encouraged by that, and I'm sorry to navel gaze on my act, I really had some other things I want to tell you about, like a fucking cop pulling out his badge at the laughing skull lounge while i'm on stage and showing it to me and then me saying to him dude black lives matter and he said all lives matter and i said can we agree that no lives matter that's what cops think um i want there's other stuff i want to tell you about i don't mean to be so navel-gazy about my own act right now but i'm just thinking about it so i really hit that next level when i found more more uh, conviction in what i was talking about more of my own perspective less self-deprecation and here's what i think motherfuckers not obviously like that but you know you have to have that what did brian billick say if you don't believe you're the guy you're not there's something to be said for that especially in stand-up comedy where i was talking to a comic the other night who has great jokes but their presentation of the jokes um is not where it will get as he continues to do stand-up comedy it comes across more like he's asking the crowd if it's funny rather than stating this is some funny shit and he has great jokes he has good jokes i don't know if he listens to this but i don't want to get carried away (laughs) he has his jokes are just fine but i realized i hit that next level when i was saying things i felt like had a little more teeth my perspective my conviction And could dare the audience to disagree with me. Uh, Like I said, I hit that next level, the room got louder and louder. And I noticed other people were like looking at what I was doing. And then uh, I think emboldened by that and reinforced by that, I have moved almost exclusively to that space of, I don't want to say provocation, because it sounds like that's intentional, but just closer to saying, like, wild shit that's kind of true, but is a little laughy-gaspy at the same time. Big laughs, but still a little uh, more provocative than necessary than, than really how I think all the time, you know? Like, so, as you've heard me say, when I talk about three fives, I'm talking about, okay, so you say something kind of provocative or you say something that people go, holy shit, dude, and and— then the next step, which I've started to do, is to unpack what that really means and talk about that in my act. In doing all of that, I got away from a little bit talking about the, obviously, for those listening to this podcast, uh, parts of myself that are most resonant across my life, right? Insecurity and need to belong to something that clearly connect with the people who write in and say, "Shy town save me and, and, uh, You know, we get it, right? We're going through a journey to be unconditionally accepted, to find people. So, right. So that's a big part of me. That's something I think that we let each other down uh, in, in being judgmental and being conditionally accepting or conditionally loving of people. So I want to bake some of that into my act, right? I want to put some of that stuff, can you feather it in with more provocative political stuff? I will, ch- I'm challenging myself to do that, and we'll see what happens tonight, because I'm going to try to uh, have a balance of each. But in just talking about the things you do when you're in security the other night, Limerick, I was getting, it was it was great right off the rip, and the show, this is not now about, I've moved on from talking about my own act the show was great. Limerick is really strong these days, which is great. We kind of survived the dog days of January and then the first few, even with Daylight Savings, people are coming into Limerick and ready to hear some stand-up comic comedy. Thank you, regulars, if, if you listen to this podcast, but thank you, regulars who come in every week and your size of your party gets bigger and bigger. I know the comics are flattered by that, so uh, we really appreciate it. <sighs> So what's the point? The point is, talk more about that stuff. Um, And I also was thinking about this here at Limerick and beyond. I have to do it in a way where I'm referring to my less secure self earlier in my life, but not all that long ago, right? The more I do what makes me feel most like myself, the more I'm surrounded by people who are like, we got you, dude, you're good. The more my self-security is reinforced. I have to hearken back to my 22-year-old self or 14-year-old self or 27-year-old self to see a more insecure man, insecure person when conveying that material, but more head in that direction. So don't don't worry about Limerick, don't worry about anything else other than Sunday, April 23rd, 2023, 5 p.m., Laughing Skull Lounge, Midtown Atlanta, uh, where I was on Wednesday night. I host the open mic there on Wednesday nights uh with my co pilot who runs the door and then closes out the show, Nikki all caps Murphy, one of the funniest people I've ever met, one of the funniest people you'll ever meet uh, ever meet. So the crowd was wild. It was wild as it usually is. It just tends to be on Wednesday night. I don't know if I I don't think I create I alone create it. It's just maybe it's hump day. <laughs> you guys still use that term? hump day Uh, a woman way in the back was yapping for the first like four comics or something like that and i finally said who who said that i came out after some comic and i came out i said who said that and she said i did and i was like all right you want to come up front there's like two seats in a sold-out show there's two seats available up front you want to come up and she came up and she was there for a nanosecond and I I, I lightly roasted her and I lightly roasted her and said something that then got the crowd to turn on her I mean well the crowd clearly was tired of her talking so I said all right would you like this woman to sit up here and only talk shit to me but not say anything to the other comics I was trying to gently tell her to shut the fuck up but also not saying that and everybody behind her started clapping. So then as soon as she heard that, she stood up. She said, she said, oh, my husband's back there. And then he came. I said, well, bring him up. He came with no drink. She had like four to herself. He came up, sat next to her. And he had an Air Force hat, United States Air Force hat on. As soon as the crowd clapped for her to shut the fuck up, she then left and left the husband back here by the front row. And I said to him, like, dude, your woman just left, can I, I'm like, the joke was kind of, she said, that woman's a lot to put up with, I said, can I get you a drink, and then he said, no, I got I'm the designated whatever, and I was like, dude, nobody in this room cares right now, we will start a you to pay for your DUI, you know, no worries, can I, what can I get for you, and the, and the crowd was laughing at that, and he's like, no, 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 and then he's like, I, I, I don't, you know, I didn't stick with it, but as the kind of crowd was laughing about him getting a DUI and how we'd all start a GoFundMe, he pulled out a goddamn badge and flashed it at me, which is a pretty provocative act if you're a real cop. And real cops listening, you're probably like, "We don't do that. Only fucking half-ass cops like that from some small town would probably do that, come into the city and flash his badge." No, an Atlanta cop would probably just fucking beat the shit out of you. And you'd never even know if it was a cop, not gonna identify himself like this little man did. But it's pretty provocative. He just waved his 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 badge at me. And then I said, Oh, fuck, it's a cop or Oh, fuck, he's a cop. Get out of here or something like get the fuck out of here. And then the crowd when they found out it was a cop was like, merciless, just loud, merciless boo. And I'm not talking about police today. You know, my thoughts, you know, every day they kill someone. And that's what they do—that they kill people. Do they protect and serve? You, you tell me if you feel protected and served by them. Now, I understand people like the cops because the cops make life miserable for people you don't like. Like, I understand that. I understand people like I like the like people who say I like the cops and I support the cops because—and they're thinking they fuck up because these people don't like them. Right. The enemy of my enemy is my brother or something like that. So I get that. But overwhelmingly, every time I say, oh, give it up for the cops. Nobody's hyped about that. I understand. I'm not talking about the police. I understand there are people who are cops like, dude, we're just trying to do a job, get a pension, you know, a second job, third job, working security and retire at the age of fucking 45. I get it. I get it. Not talking anymore about that. This man flashed his badge. I said, Oh shit, it's a cop. And then uh, and then I said I said I said, Well, now I said something like, Is this good hosting? Or should I have just brought up the next comic? I said, Oh, well now you just ruined all the black people's time, right? Or you ruined the night for all the black people in the room because they know there's a cop here. And it wasn't my show. You know what I mean? Like I should just get out of there. But you, among anyone know my uh, unresolved issues with law enforcement and figures of authority. So um, there I was. And then he groaned and he's like, no, no, said something. And I said, sorry, I just want to be very clear that black lives matter. And he said, all lives matter. And then the crowds groans. Guess what? Listeners and Americans, most people believe black lives matter more than believe all lives matter. OK, and and I'm not going to break that down for you. This is a dated topic that still has relevance as much as it has in any day in American history. So I should still talk about it. However, I understand your fatigue. So I'm not going to say, you know, black lives matter aren't saying that other lives don't matter. I don't have to go into like a big breakdown. of OK. And like comics have said, matter, I'm not saying like our superior, right? They're just saying they they matter. Okay. All lives matter. What a fucking, you know what, though, that's perfectly trolly. That's that's a that's a great troll. It's like um, the, the troll platform. And by the way, people who don't make a ton of money, when you say no one has done more, no president has done more for this country than Donald Trump. What are you talking about? Let me know that part. My Republican man in his car listening, I know you're out there, I know you listen. What are you talking about? If you're talking about like giving a license to white supremacy in fucking 2018, then yeah, I get that. But like, and that's how the country should be. All right. oh, okay, okay, dude, it's Friday afternoon. What happened to Friday, Friday, I'm pulling right out on Friday, I said to the guy, all he said all lives matter. And I said, why don't, can we just agree to disagree? Can we agree? that no lives matter. And then I said something like, that seems to be what the cops feel. And then, uh, you know, I had the last word. And then uh, we went on from there. And apparently there was some sort of law enforcement esque uh, conference in town, like they pick Atlanta. (laughs) Let's go practice down there. Uh, Real cops, I don't think would pull out their badge like that. It was it was a was going with that but like he and i did not see eye to eye i looked at the tape that that uh they sent me i'm not sure i'll be able to post it online it's not really that funny uh but it's pretty wild pretty wild and he didn't point a gun at me either just you know and then an indian guy in the front i I said dude the indian guy in the front said you won't get pulled over and i'm like don't jinx it dude he's I will get pulled over. I just probably am less like I'm not probably. I'm certainly less likely to get shot. Uh, all right. I promised I'm going to do exactly 30 minutes. And I realized that I have two minutes and 16 seconds. And, and the most important thing in my life right now, more than my daughter, more than my wife, and more than the listeners to this podcast. Here's the most important thing in my life on April 14, 2023. Reminds me I need to text my stepmom, and wish her a happy birthday. The most important thing in my life is I discovered it. I found it. It exists. Eureka! There is a documentary on the making of Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. It's there. It's You remember how excited I was to watch The Dissident? Well, last night after going to a going-away party for Katie Hughes, I came home and I did a little thing around the house and then at like way too late, like 12:15 p.m., started watching, it's called Jagged, that's all it's called is Jagged. It is a documentary about the making of Jagged Little Pill and it is, I watched too much of it. I watched like 35 minutes of it, which you know how you say you'd watch something before you go to bed, probably means it was closer to 50 minutes. I'm gonna start over tonight when I come back from my shows. I know that I wanna get up tomorrow morning at 7.30 with my daughter. Is that going to mean that I'm going to have to stay up until 1 tonight and then be t- tired tomorrow? When am I going to watch this? It's there though. It's there and what I saw was amazing. You know how fond I am of that record and how much respect I have for Alanis Morissette doing that record at that age, surviving that seemingly intact. This is all I'm going to tell you about about Jagged right now is when they finished making You ought to know. Well, I'm here to remind you. They took it down to K-Rock, the biggest radio station in Los Angeles. They took it to the program director. She listened to it in a room and said, holy shit. She took it, the CD out of the player, walked it right down the hallway, and said to the DJ, play this next. Play this next. She And that DJ took it, played it next, and the program director said within seconds the 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 phones had lighted up who is this who the hell is this and it was to the moon immediately after that Alanis left in a van tour but by the end of it was like playing stadiums it is wild and amazing and they talk about songwriting and they talk about marketing and they talk about pitch and melody and all this shit and artistic honesty and vulnerability And I'm so excited to watch it more. I didn't even watch The Dissident because Biden came out and said, we're going to pardon Saudi Arabia from anything. And the world's complicated. I didn't even watch The Dissident, but I'm going to watch Jagged endlessly. I'm so obsessed with Alanis and Glenn Ballard getting together to make that record. You also see clips of Taylor Hawkins, the late Taylor Hawkins. The program director at K-Rock took it Said, holy shit, this is how it happened. The guy at the music company didn't exactly know what he had. He knew he had something great. He took it to K Rock. They played it in the office, like, oh my God, this is amazing. Our minds are blown. They walked it down the hall, gave it to the DJ who stuck it in, who then pressed play and broadcast it to the third, second, second largest city in the United States of America, Los Angeles. And within seconds, the phones were blowing up saying, oh my God, what is this? And just like that, the game had changed. Fucking amazing. I'm so excited by it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. You know the routine. Spend more time with people who make you feel most like yourself. Don't even invest ill will toward people who don't want you to win. Okay. Make sure though that you're You're not just like when when I say accept you as you are, you're not just slovenly as I say that wearing socks and slides and sweats and unshaven. I'm talking about being the best you you can be and having that be enough for the people that you value. All right, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday.